Now, before this podcast starts, I want you, listeners at home or at work or in the car, I want you to take a big, deep breath in through your nose. Now, I want you to hold it until the end of the theme song. Thank you. Art cinema, fart cinema. Fart cinema. Art cinema, fart cinema. Oh, God, that was a it was a long time to be holding one's breath, wasn't it? It's definitely isn't true. Isn't it? Hi, yeah. Simon. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm si- I am Simon. Hi, <laughs> Nadine. <laughs> I am Nadine. Uh, welcome to Art Cinema, Fart Cinema. This episode is Dunce Upon a Time Part 2, the second part in which we talk about bad time travel films. Mm-hmm. And this week, we go back in time to 1986. When I was uh, seven years old. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. You're pretty old, man. I'm an old bastard. Biggles is a 1986 film, a British film. Yeah, an entirely British-funded film. <laughs> yeah. It's actually remarkably... It's not remarkably good for a British film, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have just thought before I spoke. <laughs> Biggles is a film that is based on the Biggles series of books, I believe. Is mm-hmm. Biggles a series of books? About a series a, of books, yeah. About a guy who's like a... A hot rod pilot. World War One, World War Two pilot. Yeah, he's a British. He's a British chap. So what they did with this film, Biggles, which was his, I think his big screen debut, British independent film, big screen debut, is they factored in. <laughs> they made a film actually about an American caterer <laughs> who quantum leaps back in time to meet the character Biggles at key moments of Biggles' life. To help him, he's his time twin. To help him out. That's right, he's his time twin. So, the film is about a caterer, I think his name is Jim Morrison. Am I talking rubbish? It's Jim Ferguson. Ferguson. Sounds very Scottish, actually. I thought it was Jim Morrison. Right, so it's discount Michael J. Fox playing Jim Ferguson. Yeah, Alex Hyde-White, who is not famous for anything. He was in Pretty Women Women as a sort of background character at one point. and that's it. Yeah, so he's, he is he is cut rate to Michael G. Fox. Actually. He totally is, That's man, and he funny. can't even act either. He's like a blooming ironing board. <laughs> uh, so the the film is like this bizarre time travel fantasy movie that is ultimately about Biggles. It's like if they made an Amelia Earhart film, but had a guy just like had Simon popping back in time. Like he's recording the podcast, he gets struck by lightning and he goes back in time to fly in a plane with Amelia Earhart. It's like that. Yeah. It's like, why would you do it? What a stupid idea. Preposterous. Anyway, so this guy, Michael J. Fox, helps Biggles out uh, because the Germans in nineteen in the early 1900s... Yeah, 1917. That's right. The Germans are developing a weapon in which they can utilise the power of sound. A sound weapon. It's a sound weapon. They've, they've developed a bloody sound weapon. <laughs> they've perfected a bloody sound weapon. I wrote that quote as well. <laughs> perfected a bloody sound weapon. So the yeah. Germans have developed a special camouflage sound weapon that's able to basically fry artillery and helicopters and you name it. That's the, the plane crash that Jim Ferguson helps Biggles from in his first visit. He was uh, exposed to the same sound weapon. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to take a photograph of it. A photograph which, in the future, Peter Cushion has. Yeah. So I don't quite know why that photograph is in threat. Since so what it exists? <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is that um, Jim he pops back and forth between the present and the past, meeting up with a guy called Raymond something. Is it Raymond Briggs? 
Is that or is that the name of an a child author? That's the name of the guy. <laughs> Raymond Briggs. Wait, who's Raymond Briggs? The snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Raymond. Raymond uh, Briggs is the snowman author. In this film, Mr. Oh. Raymond is played by Peter Cushing in his last role. That's right. Uh, and uh, he's a sinister. Peter Cushing, sort of, of course, person. being Grand Hoff Tarkin. Grand Hoff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say last film role he was actually CGI'd into Rogue One so, oh okay yeah. so it's not uh, it is his last I'm just being a dick yeah he plays a guy who is he, he seems to know what's going to be going on with the time twin thing it's never explained why he would know something <laughs> he like that just seems to know. he just knocks on Jim Ferguson's door and says might I be so bold as to quiet if you're alright yeah did anything strange happen to you this evening <laughs> <laughs> so this film goes jumps straight into the I'm going to be transported uh, from my living room into the past yep. via blue lightning. Indeed. And it doesn't care about the fact that that's mo- the most ridiculous thing to happen in the first three minutes <laughs> of a film. It just launches right into it. Yeah. And, and then it hits you over the head with like, porn acting as well. Like, honestly, the, the acting is like porn acting. <laughs> it really is. It's so bizarre. <laughs> the catering uh, line, it's TV microwave dinner, TV dinner basically. That the guys, uh, the president of making a big line of these these celebrity TV dinners or whatever is, is what they're called, microwave a chicken and then eat it with horrible gloop beside it. That's right, disgusting. So yeah. he works for this catering company, and they're they're about to start a, a new campaign for a new a new advertising campaign in which they utilise the image of a good looking buxom woman uh, to sell <laughs> TV dinners. And Chuck, who is a another character, this fat guy, he's a big, fat, charmless guy who works for this corporate 1980s catering company in the USA, <laughs> to justify this, the use of a, a, a model to sell TV dinners. He goes, it's what young America's all about tonight. Tits and TV. Great. Tits and TV. He knows, he knows it well. And uh, that's, that's, yeah, I, th- I thought you'd like that character. <laughs> I saw a lot of Simon in that character. Uh, yeah. Well, all the way through the film, he just says stupid shit. Like he goes, <laughs> like Chuck. He Chuck. Chuck says to him at one point, he goes, "Keep it tight at all." And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like who the f- wrote this? And like, why did the actor think, yeah, this is great comedy? To keep it tight. I'm at leaving the room. He just turns around and goes, "Keep it tight at all." Yeah, what the f- <laughs> Okay. Is that like an 80s phrase that's died out? Keep a tight asshole? Well, <laughs> you grew up in the 80s, what do you know? I can't remember any mention of tight assholes, even though I watched this film. When you rented films out on VHS, mm-hmm. you would watch the trailers. What's VHS? I've never heard of that. You would watch the trailers and you'd say, oh, we'll rent that next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember And that. the trailer for Biggles, we were like, that looks so good. <laughs> and we ran in and it was all like, do you have Biggles? Do you have Biggles? They've got it. They've got it. Oh, we're so lucky. And I actually have, uh, maybe I'm making this up, but I have this uh, memory of the, the guy behind the counter just being like, whatever, like rolling his eyes like, okay, I'll go and get Biggles for you. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> Biggles, dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. Enjoy Biggles, you seven-year-old dumbass. <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah, no, Jim. At, Jim at one point, the, the bland American main guy, he goes, he goes, let's kick some ass, old boy. But the way he says it is just so stilted and awful. <laughs> and then, He's holding a machine gun and looking right, really yeah. cocky. This is later on in the film. This is like right at the end. Really, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's totally fired up and he's in, you know enjoying his new role as a hero, hero. And I've got to mention the theme song, right? So the <laughs> It's uh, Stanislas. Stanislas. Stanislas is the name of the composer. But the singer is John Anderson of the famously derided prog rock band Yes. 
Oh, okay. Uh, the, the opening uh, cheesy theme tune is like... Do you want to be a hero? Hero! Do you want to be a hero? It's the most flashy visuals as well. It's like flashy 1980s visuals like in the style of Superman or Masters of the Universe. It's that kind of awful cheesy 80s bullshit. And you know something? That kind of cheesy 1980s cityscape like squiggly blue neon letters aesthetic that's used nowadays to market something that's kind of sexy and kind of retro and stuff but I mean it was campy and over the top and sh** back in the day like oh, <laughs> I don't get it they like repurposed that to be like a kind of like woohoo like you know Get Lucky the song Get Lucky yeah the album cover is just Get Lucky written in kind of carefree font over a 1980s background oh yeah Get Lucky baby anyway that cheesy ass song is amazing it reminded me a lot of the Mad Max Thunderdome Tina Turner opening. Wait. We don't need another hero. Wait, is that that song? That's uh, That was the hit song. I don't know if it's the, the song. The Tina Turner from... song. I don't know what it is at the start. It could be something else at Maybe. the start of the film. Yeah. Um, I've not watched Beyond Thunderdome in a long time. It's so good. Listen to me, man. I've been where you are right now. And I can tell you. Time travel is not the answer. There are other ways. You don't need a time machine. Nobody does. Just go out and take a walk. Listen to the birds singing. Get some fresh air in your lungs. Take it from someone who's lived just that little bit more than you have. Life Life is precious. precious. And there will there be will better, be better days, days for you in the future. future. Take it from someone who's lived just that little bit more than you have. But getting back to Biggles, when I watched this, I fully expected to be a little bit depressed and just like, oh man, it's it's really it's really quite something that the crap that you watch when you're young and you get excited about <laughs> yeah. it and you watch it over and over. Again. So did you actually like this film? When yeah, you were and yeah. you know what? I'm going to I'm going to you know we've been ripping into it. I actually enjoy it now in an ironic way. I actually right. So I'm sort of the same. This went down so easily. This was a really easy watch. So if the butterfly effect is this feel bad. Grim, dark, depressive piece of shit. This is like the total opposite. Still a piece of shit. <laughs> but total opposite. It's so easy to watch. I actually confessed, confessedly, is that a word? Last night I watched Biggles. This morning I watched the, the Butterfly Effect. So I was a little bit unprepared. Sitting watching Biggles and it was already 40 minutes in when I checked, you know, I, I twiggled the mouse to see how far in I was. And I was like, holy shit, I've watched this for 40 minutes already? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was in a flow state with this film, man. There's a, f- a f- point 15 minutes in and it occurred to me, I'm actually enjoying this uh-huh. and I can't believe it, but the 15 minutes in is it, it's Biggles takes off in the plane or maybe the, the German enemy Is this does. the biplane chase? Yeah, and it's uh, so good. the camera's mounted to the plane's wing looking at the pilot and you can see the, the ground beneath them. It's like, such a woozy. good shot. And yeah. then that, that John Anderson theme song kicks in and I was <laughs> yeah. like, I actually, it was an involuntary move. I started bopping my head with a total like <laughs> well, fist in the air. Another key. <laughs> Wait, is that the right song? No. No. <laughs> Do you want to be a hero? That's right, yeah. Bop, bop, bop. And I, I, and I thought to myself, I can't <laughs> believe it. I just, this film just made me get the rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean, man. No, no, for sure. I think the action sequences in this are like so different to what we have now. Because what we have now, we're like, you'd have this insane camera movement underneath the plane, over the plane, over the plane, all around, around the plane. You've got these fixed shots of like 
someone in a forest clearly sitting with a camera and the plane flies past and you cut to a different shot of another static shot of them. Yeah. And then, you know, or you get shots from a plane filming the other plane. It's kind of amazing to watch. I think that that mounted wing shot Brilliant. with the camera, it, it, it takes off and it goes on for a really lot, for what feels like a quite a long stretch yeah. of time. It's the fact that this, the the song kicks in halfway through the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just... You just get, yes! Like, <laughs> right, you're standing up on your two now. feet, like, yes, praise the Lord. <laughs> and uh, the bad guy in this, is Marcus Gilbert is the name of the guy. He's who, the evil German, right? He's the evil... Eric von Stahlhein. <laughs> I love... <laughs> Eric von Stahlhein. I love when, uh, I love when they uh, hide... So they, there's a bit where they hide in a church. Biggles and Biggles' crew... They hide in a church and uh, the German guy goes, choir practice is cancelled. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is this like Arnold Schwarzenegger? What's going on? <laughs> very, very weird. Uh, yeah, no, but he's a, he's actually a guy, I recognised his face, Marcus Gilbert, from Army of Darkness. And uh, that's the third Evil Dead film. And that's another film about a guy thrown back into time. You mm. know, just bizarre fish out of water sort of thing of yeah. being back in the wrong time is obviously he's played lots of parts in reality and he'll have done plenty of things between Biggles and Army of Darkness the, the, you know but these that. are his two career but highlights I, well no I, I just know him from these things and I actually enjoy the fantasy of him not working for <laughs> seven years and then the phone rings and it's Army of Darkness and he turns to like his girlfriend or his wife or someone and goes what is it about my fucking face that says cast me in some shit fucking Time fantasy time travel <laughs> bullshit and I have to be the straight man I have to be the guy who holds it straight while everyone else does stupid it's shit it's fun yeah and I just you know, I, I really like this fantasy of the wife like you know just calm down at least you'll, at least you're going to get a wage yeah <laughs> oh my goodness. but he actually you know Marcus Gill I'm sure that he's got like a lengthy TV a lovely TV career. TV careers and all the rest of it you know and plenty of acting roles that I have never watched there's a few things where you're watching it and, and you, your brain kind of just goes ah it's fine no no not your brain your conscious mind goes yeah this is cool and then you think about it and you're like wait a minute what the f like there's a bit where they <laughs> they teleport to the trenches like to trench warfare in World War One. I, I and thought the trench scene was awesome. No, right, right, okay, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say right. So you're watching it and you're like, yeah, this is really well shot. Like, <laughs> like the the trench warfare is it's it's pretty high budget. It seems the explosions going off. It yeah. looks quite authentic. But then you're like, what? <laughs> it's, like, it's a little bit like what they did with Wonder Woman, where Wonder Woman just goes in the trenches for some reason. It's like it, to me, it just seems super. Well, he's being called back to. It's insensitive or something. He, he's being called back to Biggles. Whenever Biggles is in need, and because he's in World War One, Biggles is needs a hand quite it's a lot. Quite a lot. So yeah, yeah. there's like pilot scenes, there's trench scenes. We should mention as well that is uh, that Jim Ferguson's uh, sort of girlfriend, who seems to be a work colleague as well, mm-hmm. uh, she's obviously thinks that the guy's insane and needs psychiatric <laughs> help. Yeah, yeah. But she decides to jump. When, when she sees the blue lightning and he's like get away from me and she jumps arms around that's him that's right yeah so and he goes back in time <laughs> she's, in, she's in the trenches with a fur coat yeah that's, an 80s fur that's coat. what I was going to say that's what was weird about it that was it was like the fact that it was like these two adventurers from the 80s like whoa we're in the trenches now whoa let's have an action scene it's like what it's so weird yeah it's um, a bizarre thing and especially because the production values are they're not obviously a, it's not a Hollywood film it's not Raiders of the Lost Ark they got together decent. quite a lot of money and they you know they pulled together from this company and that company mm. uh, a subsidiary to Hammer and stuff like that yeah. I think they got like a 7 million budget or something Jeez, for, 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 this for, for that film, film yeah, yeah. 
Peter Cushing is so you said it was his final performance films that are the final performance of a given actor are always kind of interesting because Alan Rickman had Eye in the Sky that drone warfare movie and I remember on the poster it said something like it reminded us it reminded me of what a treasure to cinema Alan Rickman was right Mm -hmm. and the same thing can be said of this with Peter Cushing because Peter Cushing is so good in this film like he's not in it very much and he has the most predictable crap dialogue mm-hmm. there's a bit where Jim enters Peter Cushing's lair on uh, the Tower Bridge, the Tower Bridge yeah. and <laughs> he literally turns around and I was like in my head I've been expecting you and then he goes I've been expecting you and I was like fuck's <laughs> sake um, but there's a moment where Biggles and Raymond this character played by Peter Cushing reunite in, yeah, yeah. in the present day so they clearly haven't seen each other for a long time because Biggles is from the past and Raymond has lived his life there's a moment where Peter Cushing's character's like, he's like, Biggles, it's so good to see you, you know. Like, it's, uh, it's properly like an emotive it's pause. It's so emotional. And he's just like, Biggles! <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that, I don't think it's bad. I, maybe yeah. I'm, I was just yeah. like in a weird like mind frame last night, but I felt myself emote and I was like, this should not be doing this. <laughs> this is, it's <laughs> this wrong. Is, this yeah. is a movie called Biggles. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that that was a perfect moment of like, oh shit, Peter Cushion was an absolute, you know, he's a total legend. I actually had to go and check because I, I yeah. thought that this might have been intended as a TV pilot as well. That's right. It feels it, very It feels TV-like. like that, but it's yeah. not. It just, it does the thing where it, it leaves it open for, there could be sequels, mm-hmm. you know, in the hope that it, it was actually successful, which it wasn't. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it leaves it open for sequels and it feels like this was meant to go on forever. Yeah, where, yeah, you yeah. know, like the... It's another uh, Biggles <laughs> film. Yeah, another one, another one, another one. Yeah, like the kind of King Solomon's mind. Um, and I think it's funny because, what is it, there's um, an actress called Francesca Gonshaw who was from Alo Alo. She plays the girl that uh, Biggles has a crush on in the past and uh, oh the, is that the German girl the German yeah. girl they've told her do what you did on Alo Alo and but they even changed her name from like Maria to Marie like that's as much you, <laughs> that's you, as you played as they could be honest, you yeah. played Maria we're going to do Marie now but Marie's got the exact same voice and yep. everything yeah know. just just do <laughs> and she's an English actress as well but it's like you do this German voice so good yeah, you keep yeah. doing it <laughs> <laughs> so she's like a German uh Betrayer, right? Or is it a turncoat? Is that the word? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Biggles is falling in love with her. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that it's like Neil Dixon who plays Biggles. He actually did... Well, what they did for her, where they basically said, can you kind of do that part again, but just over here in this film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Dixon did that after Biggles. He played Biggles <laughs> all but name in a film that was fronted by the Pet Shop Boys. I'd never <laughs> heard about this before. There's a film called It, Could, it Couldn't Happen Here, which is a surreal, plotless musical film. Oh my goodness. With the Pet Shop Boys music and Biggles. as themselves. And he plays like a Biggles version of himself. What? Like Neil Dixon. It's like they got him to... What's it called? It Couldn't Happen It here. Couldn't Happen Here, yeah. And it's got a better <laughs> score on IMDb than Biggles does, obviously. So it might be a, a Let's good begin. film. Let's give it a visit. I need to watch this. Yeah, I need to find out what this Pet Shop Boys movie is all about yeah and i um, seem i seem like a, a broken record here but i and i always go on about this in this podcast the practical nature of the action sequences so there's a moment at the end or near the end of the film in which a helicopter chases a biplane next to a steam train and it's like and i think they land a biplane on a stream steam train is that right or they land a helicopter yeah. on a steam train a movie steam train it's like what that's amazing yeah. you wouldn't just wouldn't get a film that does that kind of thing i don't think 
that often anymore. And that really, this is the sort of stuff that really got talked about back then as well as like uh, the stunts. Obviously, because they can't like exactly pretend that it's a brilliantly written masterpiece. Yeah, so yeah. All the you all you heard amazing. was that the stunts in this film are really state of the art. You they should really, really are. You should really check out this film for the stunts, if nothing else. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's impressive work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think if you want films like that now, you need to watch Vin Diesel huffing <laughs> and gruffing, and I'm just not into it. <laughs> Yeah. Take it from someone who's lived just that little bit more than you have. Life, Life is precious, and there will there be will better, be better days, days for you in the future. future. Take it from someone who's lived just that little bit more than you have. Get some fresh air in your lungs. Listen to the birds singing. Just go out and take a walk. You don't need a time machine. Nobody does. There are other ways, and I can tell you, time travel is not the answer. I've been where you are right now. Listen to me, man. Listen. Listen. Yeah, no, Neil Dixon's actually, he's now part of what, the, what we'd call the lynch mob. Did you know, like, uh, um, he was in David Lynch's Inland Empire and Twin Peaks. Is that you know? right? Oh, okay. So he's now, he's... He's part of Lynch's kind of he's ca- now, canon of actors, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened that, you know, but this might have a small reason as to why I wanted to watch this film again, because I've seen <laughs> Neil, the, Neil, Lynch, Dixon, Neil Dixon shows up and I'm going, is that fucking Biggles from the <laughs> 80s? Why is Biggles now in every David Lynch Maybe thing? David Lynch loves Biggles. Like the I think film. that he must have uh, just met the guy and been like, I love this guy's charming, you know, English yeah. thing, you know, caviar is on its way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that sort of thing. So it's, it's weird. That's maybe why I thought... I need to watch Biggles again yeah, and yeah. Uh, relive that. I, I mean, I, I do that all the time anyway. I always want to watch films like Willow and stuff as well. It's like, you know, it was it was a kid's favourite, so I need to watch it now and get a bit of the nostalgia factor back. I just, I was unprepared for the fact that I actually wanted to give this film some credit as well. <laughs> yeah, it, you me know? too. When you, when you described it to me and, and kind of when it started, I was like, oh, goodness me, what's this going to be? And then... It, honestly, it just flew through. And the thing that I remembered, the thing that I knew that I had not kind of altered this in my memory too much mm. is, uh, so we talked about when the fur coat lady goes back in time as well with Jim Ferguson. Mm. They end up experiencing the sound weapon, but luckily they're inside oh, yeah. uh, like There's a shelter, like a soundproof pod, a soundproof yeah. pod <laughs> and they watch other people outside going, you know, and then they go outside again and it's like, what's happened? What, you know, like that, you know, this desolate landscape, which is really cool, by the way, the same location was used a year later for Full Metal Jacket. The I was actually just film. about to say that. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so... What's happening is is Jim Ferguson's like grabbing at you know tanks and stuff and they're crumbling in his hands because the sound weapon is like just dis- disintegrating disintegrated everything like that. A really weird moment when the girl she's looking around, she decides to walk over and grab a handful of corpse face, which is very weird. Did you not you don't remember this? Wait, 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 wait. She goes over and she just dips her hand in a corpse and drags oh. its eyeball out of of the corpse's head. Does she? With the, yeah. No way. Yeah, no, I she do does. not remember that. That's you, you must have looked away from the screen. You must. Have, I don't uh, think. No, no, no. I was like watching it though. This, what? This is what happens. She uh, she goes over. She and takes it, an eyeball out of the corpse. 
For no fucking reason. I it's do like, not remember that. Are you serious? I actually remembered it. I did actually think that surely she Is was... Is Biggles' girlfriend? No, no, what? Biggles. Not Biggles' girlfriend. Uh, Jim Ferguson's girlfriend. She with the fur coat. I thought that she tripped. I had the memory of the. I had. I had the gory image in my memory. Yeah, but yeah. I thought surely the only reason that that would happen is if she trips over and her hand goes into the corpse's face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But what happens is she seems to consciously decide to investigate what's happened to the corpse by, by grabbing a big handful of it, <laughs> dragging its I eyeball out. I do not remember. And that. then she goes all ah and screams, and Jim Ferguson runs over and cuddles her. Uh, if I was there, I would have said, well, no one fucking told you to go and grab the face of a corpse. Get, get it all over your gloves. Are you sure that's what happened? Yes. Because well, that does not ring any bells. How weird is that? I always remember when Biggles was on TV and I was still quite young and still quite interested in watching it again. I would be like, I hope they don't cut out, you know, because they put it on at three in the afternoon. I hope they don't cut out the gory eyeball scene. And then they do. They cut it out, and it would be like maybe oh, I no. just watched the cutout version. Although no, that can't be no, right because no. I watched the same DVD as you. It's the same what? thing. What? It's How strange. Is that, that is weird that you don't remember it, but uh, it's the kind of thing I wouldn't remember though. Is I, it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just well, that that strikes me as the oddest moment in the film. Yeah, I know. But then remember when we watched Big Trouble in Little China? I completely forgot about where he um, has something on his face <laughs> I just, lipstick yeah lipstick I just he ends up he gets kissed by Ken Cottrell and he's got lipstick all over his face and that's like the funniest thing in the film and I didn't even notice it I think when I watch films like this my, my brain does turn off but I, I honestly I promise you I wasn't even like I wasn't even not watching it this time I was like literally intently watching this film yeah. very weird how strange well I've got kind of an, an embarrassing announcement to make actually because I actually have a time twin myself Oh yeah, and it's um. Can yeah, you reveal it? Yeah, I can, but I do have confidentiality up to a point. Okay. So my time twin is the pet dog that uh, that serial killer, the son of Sam, thought was talking to him. So mm. I've I've actually saved that dog three or four times in a sort of a, in a blast of blue electricity like this. I can't go into it anymore, you know. You should about that. No, no. <laughs> so, but all I will say is, like, uh, kids can be cruel to dogs because uh, I've had to fend some children off that dog. <laughs> yeah, that, no no I mean it's a really bizarre quandary to be like protecting a dog from children as an adult because yeah. then it's like why are you kicking that kid's ass it's like because he was trying to kick the dog's ass out. exactly now you're right completely I completely agree yeah <laughs> I don't know you never know how many rushes uh, with death that a dog's going to have I've saved it three times I'm hoping that's it imagine there's a fourth I don't want there to be any more blue electricity in my living room. Thank you very much. Does and it make your hair stand on end when you get shocked? One thing I can say is that this dog doesn't speak. The son of Sam guy, he's, he's making it up, you know. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Do you want to be a hero? Do you want to be a hero? Do you want to be a hero? Yeah, so actually, yeah, the time twin thing, it turns out it goes both ways as well because... Uh, Biggles comes to save Jim. Exactly, yeah, but... Of of course, Jim's not actually... His life's never really in threat. Uh, Jim Ferguson in the past is unloading a machine gun on the Germans uh-huh. and then that's when he zips into the present. Oh, yeah. And he ends up unloading a machine gun on the London's Tower Bridge police officers. That's right. Oh and then they're goodness. chasing him and then the helicopter's chasing him and then it turns out the time twin thing goes both ways and Biggles can come and save Jim in the present. Yeah, and this is the first, Jim, obviously this some, is, save Jim from being a criminal. Yeah, obviously first world problems uh, don't normally call Biggles to uh, to Jim's aid, but being chased by the police does. Because uh, <laughs> so. Biggles is secretly like a <laughs> anti-establishment mm. rioter. 
That's hates, brilliant. Who hates the police. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. There's a scene where uh, they, to get to Peter Cushion's flat up the top of the, the London Bridge Tower, <laughs> they, they like stand amongst a big crowd of punks Walk oh, through the street. Yeah. They walk through and the Biggles street. Biggles is just like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, because Biggles can't believe what is, is, you know, what he's seeing with the, the punk haircuts and stuff, the big colourful mohawks and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Ferguson, he's obviously, the, the police have a visual on him, so he's got to hold the ghetto blaster up over his face. Yep. But Biggles just walks right through <laughs> in the centre of it dressed as an authentic World War One pilot, <laughs> which I think the police must have seen that and gone, I guess that the punks are into some some crazy stuff now, yeah. 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 You know, like the, the mohawks were one thing, but actually like mud face and you know it's like what yeah okay they're all wearing like a zany outfit well, they're, they're, they're punks yeah they're, they're, they're British they're, punks they're the British, punks, British punks from the 80s yeah and they seem to be into metal as well that's, that's kind of a metal song that they were playing but anyway yeah, messed I, didn't, that up. I didn't think I didn't think punks were into metal but there we go <laughs> you had a punk phase tell, yeah. the, tell the listeners about your punk phase my punk phase or face both my punk phase uh, basically, whenever I get upset with the world, I shave my head into a mohawk, like a taxi driver Travis Bickle style one. Yeah, yeah. and I've done is it, it. Just is it just your head hair? Yeah, uh, yeah, just my head hair. <laughs> I don't know what you, what are you getting at? You know. Yeah, no, I've yeah I've done it twice, and it's to signpost to the world that I'm not doing very well. <laughs> what can I say? Things aren't, things aren't going very well for me. I'm going to shave my head, stupid, and then everyone can just take that as, you know, yeah. But the people actually seem to quite... People go, always, wow, that's sick. They've always said, yeah, you quite suit that, and it's quite funky, and suddenly I can, you know, talk to you now. Yeah. <laughs> Punk. I just wrote that punks are the weirdest fucking subculture. I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> but tell I'm, I'm a youngster. Punks are just weird things that your parents are, you know what I mean? I learned about sex in class today. Come on, I learned about sex in class today. I dreamt about sex in life today. I dreamt about sex. I learned about sex. It's all about embracing life, though, as well. See, that's what Kurt Cobain didn't get. He threw his life away, whereas punks knew that life was precious. That was where the passion came from. You were screaming for something. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that a quote? Pretty much, that's what John Lydon said when uh, he was asked about, you know, Kurt Cobain's suicide, maybe the week that it happened. It's a TV show that he was on. And he, it was like, you know, do you think Kurt Cobain had much of the spirit of punk in him? You know, well, obviously not, because if he did, then he would have listened to the message and realised that life is precious. 
And that's all he said on the topic of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. That's rocking, man. You like that? That's cool. <laughs> that's punk, man. It's punk to not be like... I'm hardly uh, the arbiter of things that are punk, but you know, it's pretty punk. It's better than doing the cloying, oh yeah, Kurt Cobain, he was such a wonderful songwriter. Yeah. John Lydon says, I don't give a fuck. Give me a break. If he wants to put a bullet through his head, he's not very punk, is he? Yeah. That's a very punk thing to say as well. Yeah. To say that, you know. The week that it happened as well, yeah. Was, yeah. Oof. Mm. I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. Do you want to be a hero, hero? Do, 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 do. <laughs>